Hey, beautiful people. I'm Sarah, and welcome to my show, Ignited by Inner Beauty, a podcast that is setting the world on fire with body positivity, female empowerment, and self-love. If you need some feel-good vibes and a reminder of just how beautiful you truly are, then you came to the right place. I'm so excited to share what's in store for you today. and welcome to episode two of Ignited by Inner Beauty. I hope that you're having an amazing week. If you haven't heard how beautiful and awesome you are this week, allow me to be the first one to tell you that you are strong, you are powerful, you are deeply loved, and you can do anything. This week had its ups and downs for me, as most weeks do, uh, but one of the highlights was actually getting my shipment of five new candles, um, so that has really been um, a great part of my week. Um, I'm pretty obsessed with candles. They are so relaxing, and I really just, I think I resonate with really good smells. They just help me to relax and de-stress. Um, I love having them all over my apartment, um, so my candles are amazing and that was so great to have them shipped me this week. Um, so here's to anyone if you're feeling stressed or um, you know not great this week. I hope that you're finding some outlet to de-stress and just relax. This week on the podcast, I spoke with my very dear friend Grace, um, and I am just so ecstatic that I was able to interview her on the podcast. Today, she speaks about dealing with perfectionism, finding value outside of achievement. Uh, She discusses the struggles of finding a job after college um, and just her post-grad life, how that has gone for her so far. Uh, She also has so much knowledge and wisdom about the health at every size movement and how that really fits into female empowerment. I loved hearing this from her this week, so I'm so excited uh, that you'll be able to listen to that. Um, And she also shares with us several resources For if you want to learn more about anti-diet culture, intuitive eating, and health at every size, um, these are also uh, really initiatives that are very near and dear to my heart. So Grace has some great resources for Instagrams, blog posts, influencers, all that good stuff um, who have a lot of knowledge about these topics. So those will all be in the description of this podcast as well. So please check them out. Um, And without further ado, here is Grace. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here and be a part of this. So I'm going to kick it off and just ask you, how are you ignited by inner beauty? What makes you beautiful on the inside? Yeah, I think for me, it's been becoming who I really am without barriers and without external cues and external markers. So instead of measuring myself by obviously by how I look on the outside or how I weigh, um, and also without the achievement of goals, I feel like a lot of my life, I would set a goal for myself and I'd achieve it. And that would be where I got my self worth from. And then if I set a goal and I didn't achieve it, my self worth would be at the bottom of the valley, it would be in the toilet, flush down the toilet because I didn't achieve my goal. And that's where it came from. So I think for me, 
recognizing who I am as a person and fully embodying that has made me feel as beautiful as I could be and accepting the parts of myself that I have tried to stifle and push down in the past and accepting that I'm I'm very loud and I'm really opinionated and I can be really honest to the point of it being a little bit brutal and just fully embracing those things about myself because they're what make me different and unique and and beautiful in a lot of ways. Yeah, and that's really hard to to just <laughs> accept that and I yeah. And I know you and I feel like, um, not to put words in her mouth, but I feel like you are a perfectionist and you're always like working mm-hmm. so hard to make everything, make sure everything's perfect. So do you have any tips on how you do accept yourself and kind of um, work to be your best self versus work for perfection? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's still, it's still a journey for me. It's still something I'm trying to work on because uh it's hard. The external accomplishments feel so, so good. And it's really easy to measure yourself up against them. Um, But I was unemployed for three months. I had absolutely no job. I wasn't even hearing back from places I was sending my application for like two and a half months. And so that was a really big period of time where I had to dive deep and learn to like accept myself as myself living at home with my parents that nothing to do. Um, so I think, I think the one biggest tip I would have is it takes time that when you say you're giving up perfectionism or choosing to give up perfectionism, it's not kind of be like, Oh, I gave it up. I'm good. I'm not a perfectionist anymore. Uh, you're still going to be one. I still am one in a lot of ways, but as I'm working towards it, I'm getting better and I'm getting better at, um, at failing. No one is ever going to only be successful. That's impossible. Uh, so learning to accept the failures and not let it completely deal derail me, um, has been a big journey. And I think the only way I was able to do that was getting thrown into a situation that I had absolutely no control over such as not having a job. Right. (laughs) Um, And tell me a little bit more about that, because I feel like, well, obviously that's probably a struggle of uncertainty and where do I go in life and a lot of questions coming up of like, I don't know this path and feeling a little like can't do too much about it. I feel like um, just from conversations we had in between that um, my perspective is that you kind of took that time to like take care of yourself a lot and you like Mm -hmm. read a lot of books and Um, so I'm just kind of wondering if you could talk a bit more about like, what was that time? Like, was it filled with more fear and uncertainty or maybe a mix of taking that time to relax? Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was definitely, it was a roller coaster. I think that's the word I'm looking for. And there were some days where I was fine and it was all good. I was looking for a job and that would be fine. And then there were other days, it could be the next day, right after I felt fine, I would be like, oh, I'm a failure. I don't have a job. All my friends have jobs. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't even know what type of job I want. Um, so it was definitely a mix of like this self-care of just reading lots of books, reading self-help books, reading just fiction books, because reading is my biggest biggest piece of self-care then also on the flip side just days of of despair and 
trying to figure it out and not not backsliding too much because it's so it's so easy to slip back into old habits and uh, if I had let it consume me I don't think I would have a job right now but there were some days where I just was like well I can't apply for a job there was like two weeks in there at one point where I was like I can't apply for a single job I can't think about it I can't do it um so yeah it was it was a journey of ups and downs and it definitely led me where I'm supposed to be I think right now but it was really hard and I I know three months also isn't that long to be unemployed like I'm very very I'm so like I'm like oh I was unemployed for three months (laughs) and I say it out loud I'm like that's no time Uh, yeah three months 12 weeks I've been in my job now for 12 weeks so it's like the exact same amount of time that I was unemployed but that three months felt oh just so long and so mm-hmm. like it would stretch on forever and these three months I've been in my job I'm like oh wow it's been three months my boss the other day said to someone she was like this is great she's been here for a month I was like uh, I've actually <laughs> been here for 11 weeks <laughs> she's like wow the time flew um yeah. so yeah I think it, it was it was a lot it was a lot but I think it's what I needed I think I needed a break um I've been going since I was probably like 16 in a job, out of a job, into another one, full class load, two jobs, five classes. Yeah, I probably needed that break. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there is such an expectation to get a job right away. And that's what we're supposed to do. And I just feel like I don't know, a lot of that is just societal pressure and Mm -hmm. that maybe we do need a break after we've been in school from kindergarten to 22 years old. A lot of us have just been going straight. I think everyone, myself, myself included, um, just kind of is always unsure about, am I taking the right path? Like, I'm young, is this the right job? Should I have somebody else? Somebody else I know is making so much money. Like, it's just, there's a, it's a very hard time, I think in all of our lives where everyone's going a different path and we're not really sure, you know? Yeah. And I think that's why I'm working in terms of not deriving all of my work from something so external as my job or my career, because it can, it can change so quickly. It can, um, it, it, it's so different for everyone else that like, my job can't be the one place where I get my worth because I know like school was a really big place that I got my worth doing well, being a good student, going to office hours, having a professor tell me they loved having me in class. That would just like carry me for weeks. Um, And so I think I had to shift from that because if it's all if my worth is always dependent on an external factor that means it's always going to be up and down a roller coaster whereas I hope one day that I find my worth just steady and it's like okay I am completely and totally worthy no matter if I have a job or how many friendships I have or if I'm in a relationship um So yeah, I think that it was an important three months in discovering that like, I can be a good friend and be a good person even without an external, what I'm supposed to have as an external um, sign of my worthiness having a job. Yeah, I love that you said that because I feel like especially in society, we're looking for outer, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of outer resources to give us that fulfillment, like 
oh, I got an A plus, like that means I'm smart. Like, oh, I, you know, Mm -hmm. I am making a lot of money. That means I'm successful instead of just finding it within ourselves. And that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, someone along the same lines, I'm wondering, how would you say that you are empowered overall? How do you, whether you define that as overcoming obstacles or just trying, you know, to be your best mm-hmm. self, like what, how do you define yourself as empowered? I think I've overcome a lot. I have a very significant trauma in my past of being bullied. And so I was bullied for three years straight. Um, in middle school, the worst time of your life. Yeah. Um, oh God! Yes. And so I went to school every day, and I was scared, and I was bullied by one person in particular. But it was really a big group of people who made fun of me, made fun of how I looked, made fun of how I talked, made fun of how I dressed, made fun of my friends, said I had no friends, all of these things. And so that three years has made such an impact on me. Those are formative years. I was 11 through 14 or whatever, uh, however old you are in middle school. Um, And that was so traumatic for me. It lived with me for a really long time. It still lives with me in a lot of ways. But I'm still alive. And I think that for me is like, a really powerful thing that I've been able to not only also not only live through it, but I'm out of the other side. And I think I'm a lot better now. I think for a while, I was pretty bitter about it. Um, I was very resentful to just the entire world for for me going through that it felt really unfair um, that I was in this situation and, um, I just felt like I shouldn't have been, and I shouldn't have been, but it's what I went through. And so now I feel like I've been able to switch the bitterness out of that and take it in terms of like, what did that teach me? Not in a, I'm happy this happened because it wouldn't have taught me. I would have learned to be a compassionate human being without that happening. But I think I am even more compassionate now because of that and more in tune with other people. So I think a lot of my strength is drawn upon that experience in particular because a lot of times when I'm going through something I'm like okay like this is hard but you've gotten through hard things before like Grace you can do this like just just fight hard and learning to fight hard in a different way because the way I used to do it was just to push all feelings down and like not feel them but the way I think for me to feel empowered is when I'm feeling all my feelings and like this wide array of like happy Mm -hmm. and then across the spectrum to like sad or angry um yeah that was rambling but that was was um kind of going along with that empowerment that you feel um are there certain things that you fight for advocate for um I know that whether before in a previous role you were volunteering, whether um, it has been through 
you know, your job, your faith life, your career, um, other just personal life, things that you feel strongly about that also you consider to tie into how you are empowered as a person? Yeah, I think, um, gosh, I'm lucky enough to work in an all-girls school, which is super fun. And the part of the mission of the school is educating young women to be leaders. And so I love working there because I feel like it gives me a chance to fully live out something that I believe, which is the empowerment of, of women and like fighting for women to be leaders because I think women make like the best leaders. I think there needs to be more women leaders. I think so many of the world's problems could be solved with just like, <laughs> Some women in charge. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I feel like that's something for me that is something I advocate for. And now in my job, I am able to to live out because I, I don't interact every single day with the girls. I'm not a teacher. Um, I work in fundraising. But just getting the chance to give them the opportunity to have a quality education where the focus is on fully forming them as young women leaders, I feel like is so important and really unique because it's recognizing that there's a gap in our world um, and, and in, a, in the Catholic church because it's a Catholic school. So it's not only training them to be leaders in the world, but also in the church and to think critically and to be strong women who aren't afraid to share their opinion. Need more schools like that, I love that. <laughs> Something I also want to touch upon is how do you take care of yourself, mind, body, and spirit? I know you mentioned reading books, and I love that, but if there's if you have anything else to add. Yeah, it's hard. Post-grad is hard. I think people can minimize it sometimes, but, like, it's a shock to not be in college anymore. Like, what the heck? Um I don't have to go to buildings with all people my own age who most likely have <laughs> similar interests. And I have to like go try and make friends, which is really hard. I'm failing at, but it's okay. I have a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm still discovering how to fill up my own cup when not in college, because college is where I really learned to be myself. Grace, who moved in to Queens Court at Fordham <laughs> August freshman year, was so different from who I graduated as. So I'm definitely still learning how to fill up my cup when I am in just the world. I think, like I said, yeah, reading is a big one for me. I do... I really like moving my body. I do a lot of like dancey fitness classes and have a lot of fun doing that. I love the instructors I have. I've made some like workout friends at the studio who I'm trying to transition into being like real friends um, <laughs> outside of the studio. And then I think I do, I go to church. I try and go to church, which has been a big struggle since graduating from college and we were definitely um spoiled at a um Jesuit institution mm -hmm. with those 
homilies. I haven't quite found a church here. Um, I live in Michigan now. I don't know if we ever said that. I live back <laughs> in Michigan. Right. Um, I don't live in New York anymore. So trying to find a church that aligns with what I value has, has been a challenge, but I think maybe I found one. Uh, so yeah, I think that that will carrying on give me something to hold on to spiritually. Right. No, those are great. I think that's so important. And I definitely feel you on the, like, I'm trying to make friends again. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's hard as an adult. Um, yeah. and I always, I always go back to that. Like I, I heard that kind of a joke, but the one of Jesus's miracles <laughs> is that he had, he had 30 or he had 12 friends at the age of 30. And I'm like, uh, so true. <laughs> it, it, it's the, and he made them when he was 30. He made right? 12 friends when he was 30. God, he got them together. Me texting some people I knew from high school because I live in my hometown now being like, let's get together. It's like, um, like, what? No, we can't find a time where we're all free. So we'll be like, Thursday, and then the other person will be like, I work all day on Thursday, and it's Friday. No, uh, it's impossible. <laughs> I totally, totally feel that. And yeah, it is a struggle. They had dinner parties and everything. I mean, yeah. what is this? <laughs> Gosh. But anyway. So what does, what is the grace that you are like, who you are now and who you are working towards? What does that like look like? <laughs> I think I'm still, I'm definitely still trying to get comfortable with myself. Um, well, it's where I find a lot of my inner beauty. I do still try and make myself smaller in a lot of ways and not, I, for a long time I was trying to make myself smaller physically, but in trying to make myself smaller physically, I was also trying to make my personality smaller. Mm. And so now I've mostly given up trying to make my body smaller, but I still at times find myself trying to tap down on my personality because it's really, really big um, and <laughs> it's ginormous and it changed a lot. Like I said, from when I went into college and came out of college, not changed in a bad way. I think a lot of times we talk about people changing and their personalities changing in such a, in such negative terms. But for me, it was a real, a real growth. It was from being someone who was really tamped down and very reserved and very scared to being someone who was still very scared, but less reserved. And so I think as I grow, I'm trying in the future to just kind of embrace my whole personality and not let this anxiety of people not liking me or people not finding me fun to hang out with or funny or this or that be hold me back and be what keeps me from being me because at the end of the day what they think don't ma doesn't matter it, it, it doesn't matter um and that's so easy to say out loud and I don't 100% believe it yet but hopefully eventually I will mm -hmm. Awesome. And I love to see how far you've come to like, you're like, I have, you know, further to go, but I've come far. And you know, mm -hmm. that's all that we can do. So uh, what else kind of what what advice would you give to somebody who is trying to, you know, shrink themselves physically or just downplay mm -hmm. their talents or their personality? Or yeah. um, what what would you say to them or how that you can kind of work past this? I think being patient with yourself is the first thing because like 
we swim in this like water that is diet culture, which tells us not just to shrink our bodies, but shrink our personalities to be smaller, um, to only think about food, think about this and that. I always think when I think, when I talk about this, I think about this David Foster Wallace will story that he told, which it's two young fish who are swimming next to each other, chatting, and then old fish passes by and goes, hey boys, how's the water? And they get silent a couple moments later, the other fish looks at the other and goes, what's water? (laughs) And so that's really poorly told. People should actually go like Google the David Foster Wallace fish story. (laughs) That was a really bad paraphrasing of it. But that's what I think of as like diet culture and our society is we're all just like in it. And then you're like, what (laughs) What is this? And so once, once you realize it, you're like, oh my gosh, like, I shouldn't start shrink my body anymore. I should do this. I should fight for it. Yada, 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 which is great. I love that. But you're still stuck in this culture that's telling you to shrink your body. So being patient with yourself and knowing that sometimes you're going to want to go on a new diet, um, go and Try and lose weight, try and use an exercise plan, try whatever one of the million stupid shitty diets that the Today Show covers and tells you it's <laughs> this food is going to make you lose 15 years of your life, even though it's all BS. Um, it's easy to get caught up in it. So with both wanting to shrink your body and wanting to shrink um, your personality, it's just it's a lot of patience because the impulse won't just go away once you notice the impulse. That's something I didn't really think about uh, too that you brought up just when you made that connection about like shrinking your body and shrinking yourself. Like how how women in general are not only told to be smaller and be this, but we're supposed to, you know, be quiet and not speak up. And that's why I also get stuck in the, oh, sorry, like, sorry, this before I say everything. It is so, now that I, I didn't really make that connection too much before you said Mm -hmm. that. That is so true. Embodied in so many ways in our culture. Yeah. I mean, I think diet culture is one of the greatest oppressors of women of people in general but women especially because like if we're just thinking about food we can't do anything else if we're hungry if you're hungry all the time how are you supposed to to do things how are you supposed to have a personality I know when I was um really deep it was just like well I was hungry how was I supposed to like have a big personality or think deeply about things I didn't have that bandwidth because it was so obsessed with how many almonds I was eating yeah which is terrible it's it's sad though like we're joking about it but it's also just like so sad to yeah I find that I have to kind of laugh about it because it's so ridiculous just because like if I don't like I don't know how I would get through the day a lot of the times with it but also like I have so much compassion for those who are still fully in diet culture because you see so many of these big feminists. For me, the one who most come to mind is Michelle Obama, who Michelle Obama Mm -hmm. is one of my biggest role models in life. Like, I love Michelle. I read her book recently. 
She's brilliant. I would follow Michelle to the end of the earth. <laughs> However, Michelle is really stuck in diet culture. Yeah. Michelle talks about the obesity, whatever, epidemic all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes me sad that these brilliant, intelligent, these amazing women are so stuck in this culture that really it's oppressing them because who who cares what we look like? Like at the end of the day, it's a body. You're it it's gonna die. And like that's a horror that's a very like nihilistic way to look at it, probably whatever. <laughs> but like it's, there's no way to stop it. It's gonna get old, you're gonna gain weight, it's gonna change. And so why put our energy into shrinking it into making it look a certain way and who set those standards men i don't want to listen to a man about what my body should look like god no right oh my (laughs) gosh no you're so right i everything that you're saying i'm just like oh yes like (laughs) preach like we are like caught up in counting calories or counting almonds or you know whatever it may be like distracting ourselves from you know what really matters like being leaders and you know mm-hmm. speaking up and kind of having this energy to fight for ourselves and not being distracted by like what we look like like who cares like we're amazing people you know mm-hmm. <laughs> focus on that um I would love if you could just talk like br- briefly about I know that you mentioned like the fake obesity epidemic and some mm-hmm. people I'm sure who are listening are like wait what like I'm so confused I don't understand I thought obesity is actually a problem like plaguing mm-hmm. this thing so I don't know if you have any you know insightful words of wisdom about kind of the health at every size movement or any any little things that you could add I think that would be a helpful. Yeah, I think the uh, before I start speaking, the caveat would be <laughs> I'm not an expert. I have just yeah. read a million books about it, and I read <laughs> blog posts a lot. So there are a lot of amazing experts, which I can say some of the experts that I love, who are much more knowledgeable than I am and probably much better <laughs> at speaking about it than I am. However, obesity, A, I don't like the word. It derives from a Latin word that is like an overindulging sloth of a person. That's where obesity comes oh, from. Goodness. So not a good word in general to use. A pretty offensive word if you really think about it. Second is weight is not an indicator of health. I think that's a lot for people to kind of get through their minds. Weight is not an indicator of health. It doesn't it doesn't matter. You can weigh however much you weigh and still be healthy. There's a lot of correlation between quote unquote obesity and health problems such as high blood pressure, um, heart disease, high cholesterol, and some other ones. But what people don't know is a lot of the research shows that it's actually internalized weight stigma that causes those health issues, not the actual weight that's on a person's body because if a person of a normal quote-unquote normal weight internalizes weight stigma to the degree that someone who is in a larger body does they can have the same health issues also something that is important to note is that health is not a moral imperative and so even if obesity was a problem 
it's not. But even if it was, it shouldn't matter because someone's health is not how, how we should be treating them. We just should treat everyone like a human being, care, and for someone who is a human like we all are. It doesn't matter if they're in a larger body or a smaller body because you see all these comments on, like, I'm thinking like Ashley Graham on her Instagram all the time telling her how unhealthy she is, said this and that. And then I think about all the celebrities who smoke, which is like <laughs> so, so right. And smoking will give you cancer. Smoking <laughs> will give you cancer. I'm, it just, it will. And so someone's going to get mad at me for saying that. <laughs> it's like basically the truth. I, again, philosophy, Italian, literature, major here. Um, but you don't see comments on all of those celebrities Instagrams being like, you need to stop smoking. We need to stop pretending that this is about people's health and it's really just about fat phobia and not liking people in larger bodies. It's nothing like I am health. I have gained a significant portion of weight in the last two years, but I am much healthier now than I was. I'm not going to, however many pounds ago, I don't weigh myself, so I have no idea. I am so much healthier now and I slightly it's I don't even have a larger body. I live in a thin body. I have a lot of thin privilege. Um, I have a lot of privileges in general. But I'm healthier in a larger body. Some people are healthier in larger bodies and restriction is restriction. And if someone needs to restrict to maintain a weight that's not a healthy weight for their body. Very well put. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Ignited by Inner Beauty. I hope this episode served as a reminder of just how beautiful and worthy you are. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe, provide a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and share this episode with a friend. For more information about Ignited by Inner Beauty, please go to ignitedbyinnerbeauty.com and sign up for my email list to keep up to date on new blog posts and podcast episodes. If you'd like to support my mission of empowering women, you can go to patreon.com slash ignitedbyinnerbeauty and receive some exclusive content and giveaways. If you're not already following me on social media, please follow me on Instagram at ignitedbyinnerbeauty and Twitter at ignitedbeauty. Thank you again for joining me and please tune in for the next episode. If anyone has a fond memory of middle school, I like want to talk to them and like just see if they're okay. Like, are they okay? Because I don't know if they are. If they're like, I loved middle school. No, no, you didn't. (laughs)